Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Kente Corner, your favorite casual Hoya basketball podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Bancroft. I'm coming to you live from the inner workings of Capital One Arena. Georgetown today dropped an 89-75 decision to number 10 Marquette. Here covering Marquette, visiting reporter, I've got Ben Steele. He's been on the pod before, friend of Kente Corner. On Twitter, that's at Ben Steele, MJS from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Ben, that was quite the offensive performance. Is this becoming old hat for you guys? I know Ken Palm loves them, and I actually, when I have any free time, I like to watch Marquette. Yeah, they're fun to watch. They move the ball. They, the players fly around a lot. They share the ball. Um, you can see the uh, from the, how many assists did they have? 24 assists today on uh 35 baskets. Yeah, they're they're an efficiency monster on offense. They'd actually the last couple games, last three games, they had slipped a little bit. Uh, and Shaka Smart did mention after each of those games that the team had kind of got mired into to play on one one on one a little bit against Villanova and yeah. Butler and UConn. Just they, those teams have like bunch of switchable defenders, and that was kind of throwing off their Marquette's movement a little bit. But uh, today the ball was flying around a lot, and this is more of the um, typical Marquette performance from this season, except they they actually shot a lot better on three. This is this was their best three point shooting performance of the season, fifteen to thirty one. Uh, usually for the season, I think they were came into the game just above thirty percent, thirty two, thirty three percent. So this was kind of an outlier game for them. And if they're knocking down threes, they're extremely extremely hard to stop well you know marquette's performance from deep is not an outlier by an opponent of mm. the georgetown hoyas this is a get right game from your uh, <laughs> your stroke from yeah. deep um so tyler kolick played at george mason during the covid year yeah. i didn't get a chance to see him as much as i would have liked to given how he plays he doesn't get mentioned a lot for biggies you know mvp most valuable player that kind of stuff is that it should be yeah. yeah that's kind of my question yeah no he should be um i think a lot of people he, he averages just a shade over 10 points a game. I know that's probably what most people look at when they're looking for a Big East yeah. player of the game or player of the year in any conferences, scan the points per game. But if you watch the Marquette team play, you see how essential he is to the team and that ball movement. It all starts with him. He's averaging almost eight assists a game. Um, last two games against Georgetown, he had 15 assists and zero turnovers in the, in the game in Milwaukee. And this one, he had... Eight assists, seven of them in the first half, and just one turnover. So he's remarkably efficient that way. Yeah, no, it's one of those games where if Georgetown could have maybe stuck around longer, he would have had more of an impact uh, stat-wise. Not that he didn't have an impact, but, you know, Georgetown was leading, I think, at Marquette at the half, right? Mm, yeah. If, if they weren't, That's they right. were maybe down by, like, two or three. Yeah. So, you know, these are two of the better performances by Marquette in sweeping the Hoyas, which, which most teams have been doing. Um, I'm not going to lie, a little bit jealous uh, post-game. You know, I haven't seen Shaka in a while. I used to see him a lot when he was at VCU. Yeah. 
How much does he love this team? Oh, he loves this team. Like, I think he mentioned today, this was his second favorite team he's ever coached. He's mentioned that a couple times. Do we get out of it? What's the first yeah, team? The is other it that team VCU team, I guess? Not the Final Four team, but the, the year CBI. after. Oh, after? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because I think that was kind of the epitome of the, the Havoc defense. I think they were, like, first in turnover percentage on defense. I don't remember who they lost to in the tournament yeah. that year, but it was, like, second round, third round, maybe. But I think I'm pretty sure he's mentioned that that's the other team. But this team is, like... Got a lot of fun personalities. They all like like Shaka mentioned in the post game. They're all like really good, close friends with each other. You can see it on the court too, the way they play. That they actually enjoy playing playing with each other. Well, you know, and you know, right before half, um, they went up by twelve in the second half. They never they never got closer than twelve. It got as high as twenty five. Yeah. And I want to say, you know, they were up, you know, comfortably the whole time. But there was a moment in the second half of the second half where they all did like the the 1990s Duke where they slapped the court yeah, yeah. and they went after it. I mean, is that something that yeah. they've been doing? I mean, they, they were, it was a team that was trying to win by 30 or 40. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, they do that when they're, when they're trying to dig in and get stops on, on defense. Yeah. It's funny that shock has been known as a, as a defensive coach for most of his career, but this team is so good offensively and they've actually gotten a lot better defensively over the last like month or so. I think they were at one point like 90th in Ken Palm defensively defensive efficiency and now like they've 60? moved up like 30, 30 yeah. spots so it's getting better I you figure that would be the case under Shaka but um, I think it speaks to Shaka's growth as a coach too that he's been able to uh, just expand is it, you know a lot of a lot of coaches just get stuck in what they do this is what I do and this is what I'm going to do forever but I think it it's a credit to Shaka how far he's grown and the ideas he's implemented on the the offensive end yeah do Marquette fans feel that they owe Georgetown fans anything? Because, you know, this the programs have gone in completely opposite directions since Georgetown beat them in that 8-9 yeah. game of the Big East tournament on the unlucky Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. uh, Wojo goes away. Yeah. You know, Ewing gets the extension, of, uh, you know, apparently after winning the whole tournament. Is there any sense of, like, looking back and be like, wow, that was a turning point, getting crushed in that 8-9 <laughs> game, looking hapless, and now you look like one of the better programs in the country? Well, I think a lot of Marquette <laughs> people have put out put that uh, game out of their mind that <laughs> ugly uh, I think they had Marquette at 17 points in the first half in that game it was just a brutal yeah. brutal uh, end of the the Wojo era in that one so I think they put that out of the I, I don't think anyone's re-watching that game and trying to 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 figure out the course of history there but it's a great I, I origin think, story yeah though. yeah it's a great origin story so I think the end result I think 100% of Marquette fans would take it the way it is right now Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. So you travel all around, which is awesome. Um, it's great to, you know, meet all the traveling media. What did it feel like? And, you know, it's hard for me. It's like I see my kid all the time. Be like, oh, you're, you know, your son's growing. I'm like, oh, I see him every day. I can't tell. <laughs> so I'm here all the time. What did you think about the environment? Yeah, it was definitely a very pro Marquette crowd. Okay. Like there's seven, uh, they listed 7,000 people here today, but I think it was mostly comprised of Marquette fans. And you see the excitement in the fan base when you travel around now. Um, 
Marquette played at DePaul a couple weeks ago, and I, I, I would venture to say it was 75% Marquette fans in that building. Now that's, you know, Chicago gets a lot of Marquette people from that area to go to school there. So yeah. um, they have a definite fan base there, but still filling up most of the arena. And you just see the, the excitement of fans coming back and, and getting behind this Marquette team. You see it everywhere now. Was there any concern that you saw in your comments or, you know, people tweeting at you, fans, followers, that, you know, this is a letdown game or is Georgetown seen so, the opinion of Georgetown's fallen so, so far that this wasn't a concern? No, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, you, you saw Shaka mentioned after the game, watching that Butler game, mm-hmm. Butler-Xavier game last night. Um, so he kind of used that as, you know, motivation for his players, not to, that, you can't look, overlook anybody in the conference, especially in February in, in the Big East. So I think that probably resonated with his players a little bit. Yeah, and you know he wasn't the one that was there, but you know DePaul lost 24, beat Marquette, lost 24. That's before the streak that Georgetown broke it when they had yeah. 29. Uh, DePaul's the one, and they did catch Marquette on that night. So yeah. you know I'm sure maybe there's some Marquette historians out yeah. there that sort of get scared a little yep. bit, things like this. Yeah. Before we get out of here, I like to ask, and I probably asked you this last year, what do you think about Georgetown. Do you think that Georgetown is still a program that the conference needs or yeah. would like to have, you know, be, I'm not even saying good, relevant, yeah. not, you know, historically poor? Yeah, I, I think the Big East Conference is just so much better if Georgetown and St. John's, those flagship programs, if they're rolling and they're strong, it's just, it's just awesome for the conference to have those teams back. Um, I think if you get the right guy in here, I think it can flip around pretty quickly. I mean, there's so much talent, recruiting well, talent. Well, in the portal the era, like, yeah, it's almost, can, like, I mean, it used to be, like, you know, you had a, like, when, like, when Crean went to Indiana, and they had problems after Samson, whatever, you know, whatever he yeah. did probably isn't even illegal now. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, there was, like, okay, we're, we're going to be bad for a couple years just based on who you have and who you can bring and who it has to have sit. to be that way now, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, look, Georgetown's got a whole new team this year. It's just not working. And right. the players they brought in aren't bad. They just don't work well together under the current instruction. Yeah. That's just a fact, and the, you know the results. The results yeah. show that. Um, yeah, no, it's just interesting to get that outside perspective. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to add? Uh, can I count on you to be there on Wednesday of the biggest tournament? Or are you gonna you gonna you gonna roll in like a cool kid on Thursday? <laughs> no, I think I, I think I booked my tickets already. I'm there for Wednesday. You know, I might have to be there if, if Shaka Smart wins Coach of the Year in the biggest. Okay, so they, yeah. They, they, hand out those awards on Wednesday, right? So that's I might, a, have to be, might have to be there. That's so. a competitive category. Yeah. Of course, you'll have guys in the mix at every position, yeah. I suppose. It'll it'll come down to uh, these last four. Marquette's got five games left, and whoever wins a conference will probably, whether it's Sean Miller, maybe, uh, McDermott, we'll see. I always say last question, and then I always find something <laughs> no, else. keep it coming. Some, keep something it coming. else to ask. The Villanova carried this league for 10 years. I mean, there's no question about it. Uh, you know, three Final Fours, two national championships. You know, the Big East would not be thought of still as probably a Power Six league, mm. if not for what Villanova's done. They're taking yeah. a break this year, you know, and that's fine. They can do that. You know, Jay Wright stepped down. Neptune's had some injury problems. Yeah. How important do you – basically, we've got a – it's like a five. I guess Seton Hall is like a five and a half, a six. How yeah. important do you think it is for one of these teams or a couple of them to, you know, make it out of the first weekend? Yeah, I think it would be huge for the conference. And just speaking for Marquette specifically, Marquette hasn't won a tournament game in 10 years. It's been a decade. 2013, that was back when Buzz Williams was the coach. That was the year that they last tied for the Big East regular season title. Yeah, yeah. They, they tied these the, guys. Yeah, they went to the Elite And Louisville. Yeah. 
That was the three-way tie. Haven't won an NCAA tournament game since then. Haven't made it to the Big East Championship game since then. They've only gotten as far as the semifinals. So um, getting those first steps for this Marquette program, you know, playing on Saturday night in Madison Square Garden, getting to the site, just the second round of the NCAA tournament, that would be a huge win for this Marquette program. Yeah. Um, and they got the team that could do it this year. So it'd be uh, interesting to see. They do. And I know during the game, for some reason I thought someone said they were picked eighth in the league. They were picked ninth. It's yeah. crazy to think that we watched like an hour or two <clears throat> ago, the team's picked ninth and tenth <laughs> in the league. Georgetown's That's locked down 11. Uh, it seems <laughs> unlikely that they be able to leapfrog anybody at this point um marquette's not going to finish ninth um it's just it it really is unbelievable what they did do you get the sense that this is a place shaka wants to 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 settle for a while i mean yeah i think he realized this is more of the kind of program that he had at vcu um basketball first yes basketball first you get your own kind of recruits in there. You're not under pressure to get the, the five-star, big-name guys like he was at Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, he can get guys for multiple years and develop them. That's his strength as a, a, a running a program is player development. Um, you see that, how, how good these players have gotten here over two years that, that, that shock has been in Marquette. Um, so I think he values that. Uh, he's from Wisconsin. Uh, he's from outside of Madison. Um, so... I think he appreciates being close to his mom and having his daughter be close to his mom. I think he likes it here. He likes the passion of the Marquette fan base. Um, very basketball first. So I can see him uh, sticking around for a little bit. I'm not going to – he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's going to be coaching until he's 60, 70 years old, but uh, definitely for the next half decade or so. He's not going to Bayheim it. No, I, I don't see that happening, but I could be wrong. No, I, Yeah, I know. It's, I think Bayheim seems like he's maybe tired of <laughs> – talking to people like me and you that's kind of the vibe i get recently shaka was great to have in there he was just like he was when he came through fairfax at vcu he's very interesting guy he seems to answer the questions that you ask yeah very thoughtful yeah you know obviously it's always better to evaluate after a win that's always a better you know grading scale um but he's always been a very interesting guy and i imagine being on this beat it's fun. Yeah, it, it's been a lot of fun. I actually learn a lot from him because he, he actually digs into a lot of questions that you ask, and it's been it's been great. He's been he's been great to deal with, um, and I think it shows maybe for for if the mark if the Georgetown coaching search opens up, just the difference in having an experienced head coach come in, like the way that shock has been around he's been doing this this is his 14th season as a head coach and you see the organization and the way he thinks about player development and and keeping teams together and and all that team stuff like he's been through all that before and i think that just that that experience has been just worked wonders at marquette because bojo came in he hadn't you know he was an assistant at duke for so long yeah but it's it's such a different job going over that that next seat over and being the guy uh, in charge of the program, and I think just having that experience is is key when you're a high ranked coach, especially in a competitive conference like the Big East with the with all the coaches they got now, especially. Yeah, I think that's a really this is a really difficult conference to start your first college coaching. Yeah. Obviously, Patrick was in the NBA, um, but he was never the head coach, and never you know running a program and recruiting and development is different than getting pros. But look where all the team you know. Cal Neptune has the least amount of experience, and it's way too early to judge him. He right. did a good season at Fordham. Yeah. Um, he's got some injuries. 
Um, you know, Jay Wright lost some guys, but when you look at where the co where the coaches come from, Thad Mata's experience, mm -hmm. Sean Miller's experience, we saw what Holloway did at St. Peter's. Yeah. Uh, you know, Shaka came in the year before. Um, yeah, it's 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 a really good league that's got a lot of really good coaches, and it is a lot to ask, I think, of for a first time coach to come into any of these spots. And, tr and try and try and perform. Not saying you can't do it. You obviously yeah, can. Yeah. But when you look around at where the other coaches, where the other schools are getting coaches from, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, another game, another win for Marquette, another loss for Georgetown. He's at Ben Steele, MJS. That's his Twitter handle. You can find him there. I follow him. Have been for a long time. And if you are into Big East basketball other than Georgetown, you want to know what's going on. That's what you need to do. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod, thanks for coming in, and hopefully I can catch you while you're up there uh, writing stories on all the awards Marquette wins. <laughs> I am definitely going to be up there on Wednesday, and we'll see how long I stay. Yeah, awesome. Look forward to it. Always the, the, the best trip of the year. 